Warning. Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Listener beware, you're not in for a scare. Samantha Bird is a klutz, an accident waiting to happen. She's the laughingstock of the girls' basketball team, and that mean, rotten Judith Bellwood is making her life miserable on and off the court. But everything's about to change. Sam's met someone who can grant her three wishes for real. Too bad Sam wasn't careful what she wished for because her wishes are coming true and they're turning her life into a living nightmare. Hoping it's a a living hell. Not the double. Mr. Satan's going to hate this. Yeah, don't tell Satan. DJ Mean Goosebumps podcast. I'm Danielle. I have a PhD. I'm Jojo and I have a PhD. I'm Jeff. And as a 36 year old, I'm wearing way more polo shirts than 22 year old me thought he would. That's the thing about as you get older, Mm. you start realizing that you kind of want to make sure your shirt has a small spot for you to rest your chin. Yeah. Which is basically what like the collars for collars for. And it has two buttons, which the top you would never ever button who buttons the top button on their polo shirt. Mormons. Is, Is it? Is that what it's for? Sure. Okay. It's called the Mormon button. <laughs> Is it? Yes. Cool. The book of buttons. <laughs> but like hottest it, show in town. It's a polo shirt is is like, let's take a shirt, let's zhuzh it up a little bit. But not too much. Just listen, a little. Listen. I'm never going to stop wearing t shirts, <laughs> but I could put a button on there that does nothing. I will if you prefer. Yes. It's professional now. You take a t shirt, you put a collar, you put a button, professional. Have profesh. you ever seen someone in a polo shirt with a tie? Oh what? my god! Embarrassing. Wait, for some reason, it's like this is a little kid who fell into their their parents' closet. Jeff, put point. on a tie right now. Jeff, go get a tie. Put it on. Go do it. Go get it. Go get a tie. Go get a tie. Do it. Do it. Do it. Go get a tie. Go get a tie. Do it. In this in this broken age we live in, I've burned all my ties. I have one. Go get it. 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 I don't want to wear a listen, tie. Listen, the commitments to comedy that we have to make for this show. I have a bow tie. A bow tie is so tantalizing, but we're going to have to use a regular one. What event would you go to? I'm assuming some sort of... With a bow tie? With a, with, with a polo shirt and a tie. Golfing? Like what golf? Like where would you... What, is that going to get in the way of my swing? I don't know. Because the wind's going to whip it around. It's going to hit me in the face when I'm trying to but four. I think the question is like, what purpose does a collar serve? A polo? On a polo, if you're not wearing a tie, you know what I mean? Like now, oh, Danielle has brought Jeff a lovely black tie for our black tie event podcast. I think this is just my tie. <laughs> a little, er- a little early for a my tie, huh, guys? Yeah, that's Boom! Oh. Jokes! So I haven't tied a tie in quite a while, so I'm going to try it. Like you have to get ready yeah. for Graham Graham's funeral, young Twitter Jeff. Please put on your tie. This is how you do it, son. 
I didn't do it great because the skinny part's longer than the big part, but well, no, no, now, but now it's kind of like you're late for work and yes. you just kind of put that tie on yeah. in a hurry. Oh. And your boss is going to give you the nth degree when you're late with the with the oh numbers. Oh my god, where is my phone? Oh my god, this is so pictures. No <laughs> pictures must be picture. Taken. Yeah, what you, you might notice a, a picture on our Instagram and Twitter on oh, the Geese Bumps Pod Instagram of. Twitter Jeff wearing a polo shirt and a tie, and now you have context. Yes. And this is the kind of quality content you can expect. Yeah, this is the comedy content that you deserve on our podcast about a goosebumps show. Make love to the camera. That's right. <laughs> but really? but like in a hurry, love, because you gotta get to bed. Really, really putting on the ritz. Put it on the Ritz, like <laughs> peanut butter or ham. All of the photos we just took, I have concerned look on my face, which is a look you'd have on your face when you're wearing a polo shirt with shorts and a tie <laughs> and it a baseball really hat. You're going, you're going to the fanciest brunch one can. You are the most dad you can be. When I go to the Denny's for an important meeting, <laughs> I make sure... But I put a tie on my polo shirt before I order my moons over my hammy. Folks, that meeting was a grand slam. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. And I am moons over my hammy about it. I am eggs over toast about it. I that am throwing sense. up in the bathroom. <laughs> Did we mention the book we read? No. <laughs> so this week on Geesebumps, we read Goosebumps 12... Be careful what you wish for. Originally released in 1993. How many books did he release in 1993? Now this, we did this at, be, at the behest of friend of the show and fellow content creator. I really hate when people say content creator because it's like you're embarrassed of what you're making. Fellow comedian and podcaster Emma Hansey. Well, now she's a she's a streamer, so now we have a lot of different hats she's wearing. She is wearing a lot of hats. She's wearing she, a lot of hats, but no time. Occasional let's play guest. Uh, she's also she also is on uh, the podcast The Rules We Made. Get hype. I have to just put out the disclaimer that this book raised a lot of memories for me. So there's going to be some, some junior high Danielle talk. You know, if you respell the main character's name, it becomes Danielle McManus. PhD. Danielle McManus oh, PhD. oh shit. <laughs> oh God. So who would like to begin with the one minute synopsis? I'll do the one minute. Twitter Jeff, I will put a minute on the clock and it'll be the clock on my phone and not the computer because I'm not a monster. Kim. Right. Kim. Care about time. Well, tell me when to go. Tell, tell me, me when, when to go. go. Tell me when to go. 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 And go. So be careful what you wish for is the story of Samantha Bird, who is for all accounts, this book should be about high school students, but it's about 12 year olds. Uh, she is a junior high and she is on the basketball team, despite being bad at basketball and not wanting to be on the basketball team. She can't do math, basic math, like four plus two. She and just messed up. Sorry. And she gets, and she gets made fun of, um, by her basic, basically her school bully, which is Judith. Um, Judith is the best player on the, the team. Judith makes fun of her. Um, Judith calls her names behind her back, like, uh, stork and tells her to fly away. Um, uh, 
Samantha is um, very angry and wants to strangle and literally inflict physical harm upon Judith. Samantha comes across an old woman who she helps, who says that she is going to give her three wishes. The first wish is that she wants to be the best player on the basketball team she's on, which then turns everybody else on the team into slugs of some sort. They basically cannot run or move. They are all very tired. She does the second Time. wish. Damn, that's barely oh, anything. Damn. Fuck, Danielle, you got to take the rest of it then. Ooh, okay. All right. Producer Danielle. I'm going to pick up. Are you ready? Yeah. You gonna pick up where I left or start over? I'm gonna pick up what you and got. okay, go. All right, so she actually does strangle Judith, which is a really satisfying moment uh, for me personally. And then she meets this old but also young-looking woman who just happens to be walking around in the rain while uh, what's her face is riding her anger off. And then she grants uh, the 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 cloaked woman. She's wearing a shawl. The shawl woman who calls herself the crystal woman or the crystal lady. She doesn't call herself that. But the crystal on. meth <laughs> gives her a wish. She says that. Okay. Yes. So what's her face? Walks crystal meth home. <laughs> We're not going to get to the end of this book in ours. <laughs> FYI, Jojo, you're going to have to really pull it out on your two minute. I'm shocked at this. <laughs> Daniel spent a lot of time on the shawl part. So little happened in this book. You guys are really dropping the crystal ball on this one. <laughs> So she gets three wishes, and her first wish is that the the basketball team thing that Jeff said, and then uh, and then she tries to find the lady again, and somehow does, and the, and she's like, undo this first wish, it was fucking bullshit, and then the lady's like, okay, fine, and then she's like, uh, also gets a third wish at some point. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> that has uh, to be time. It's time, it's absolutely. All right, you're gonna have to really pull this one out, Joe, because we we focused on some of the more. Um, Minute details we, and not the overall. We have a overall. fine eye for detail. <laughs> Crystal meth woman. Crystal meth woman. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking pressure because like... You have to get to at least the middle of the book, which we did not get to. Okay, guys. So, I, hey, you know, if it's if it's any consolation, this is one of the first ones we allowed people to read ahead on. So if you want, if you if you've already finished, be careful what you wish for. You're probably in better shape than <laughs> the two people on this show, possibly third, because I read this this morning. My brains don't work. Mm. Everyone knows this. Um. Okay. And here we broad strokes. Go. Uh, be careful what you wish for is about Samantha Bird. She is a 12-year-old middle school student who is on the basketball team. She is constantly made fun of by Judith, who is basically her bully, makes fun of her because she's very she's the tallest girl in her grade. She's very lanky. She's bad at basketball. She's okay in school, but she gets made fun of. Um, what ends up happening is one day after school, she decides to kind of write off her anger. She finds a woman named Clarissa who is walking through the woods and is lost. She helps the woman named Clarissa get to where she has to go. Clarissa says, because of your kindness, I will offer you three wishes. And Judith is like, okay, fine, sure, I'll take them. Um, and the first wish that she kind of asks uh, to Clarissa is she wishes that she was the strongest person on the basketball team, which the next day uh, she's kind of doubting that it's going to happen, but then she goes to the game and she finds out that all of the other girls are incredibly weak and slow. And as it turns out, she is now the strongest person on the basketball team, not because she's actually stronger, but because everyone was made weaker than her. They all get stick, sick and start to fade away. Um, she feels sort of guilty. She goes to visit Judith. The shaves is all right. And while she's there, Judith accuses her of being a witch because she has studied uh, witches last year in social studies. And then finally she feels really bad. So then she goes to, um, she goes to the Cl Clarissa shows up and is like, you didn't like your first wish. And she's like, no, now I wish that Judith would disappear. And which is like, Clarissa's like, okay, I'll do it. And she, and so 
that wish comes to pass, and what happens is she just makes everyone everywhere disappear, I guess because she didn't specify who Judith was. Um, so she just made everyone disappear, and, and now she's stuck in a world all by herself. She's very scared, and she's like, dang it, now what am I going to do? And then Clarissa shows up one more time and is like, would you like another wish now? And she's like, yes, I wish that Judith, uh, everything goes back to normal, but Judith thinks I'm the best person ever. And she's like, great. So now Judith becomes a stalker and is completely obsessive and follows her around and sneaks into her house and stuff, and finally fed up with this behavior, um, she goes to Clarissa one more time and is like, can you please change the wish now to uh, I've never met you, but Judith did. And now instead of uh, it being her meeting Clarissa, Judith met Clarissa and Judith's wish was for um, Samantha to fly away and she turned into a bird. The end. That was. Did you do it under two minutes there? Yeah. That was wow. pretty good. Job. That's tight. Yeah. You, uh, everyone uh, fucked up on the, the second wish part, but that's fine. Well, that was the disappearing part. It disappears well, from your brain. That was fine. But like the thing is she didn't mean to wish that. That was an accident. She was like outside and she yelled it at the sky. She's like, I wish Judith would disappear. And Clarissa was just like, Bing. What's up, homie? Got it. <laughs> yeah. Now she's it. like, Jesus, <laughs> did you know it was here? Right. I guess you Kill didn't her. know. Th this book is good because like it makes a promise in the start of like, there's going to be some wish shenanigans. Yeah. And we get that in this book. And that's great. It's it, This book is basically the monkey's paw. It's a, it's it's a, a monkey's... It's a, it's a classic yeah. monkey's paw story from a high school girl's perspective. And in that sense, it's very it's a very solidly told a story. Good monkey's paw, are you afraid of the dark, classic, yeah. bad wish yeah. goodness. And, and, and with, it taught me an important lesson. Which was? I can... <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can turn Danielle into a bird with my mind. Do it, yeah. motherfucker. Watch. Danielle. <laughs> you didn't have to say anything. She just happened. That's right. Oh, God. Danielle's a bird. Oh, she's flying to the other room. No. Oh, she's gone. Uh, well, you know what? I left some crunch berries and some bird seed in the kitchen. So yeah. I think she's just going to nom on those for a while. She's just going to nom on them. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, how did you. How do you it's always get in here when we turn our heads to the left and then back? Is the window unlocked? I I came in through your vent. Have you seen that X-Files <laughs> episode? With the Victor Tombs episode? <laughs> sure. With the guy who's like a serial killer yeah. worm monster who steals people's livers? The worm monster, yes. Okay. He wow. was my father. Wow. Is that where all the spookiness came from? Yes. Oh, ladies, wow. ladies and gentlemen, allow me to welcome to our show once again, mm -hmm. Robert Lewis. Stein. I don't go by that name anymore. Okay. Oh? <laughs> Can you tell us your moniker now? Since you asked politely, my name is Rockabilly Legs Stein. <laughs> 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 Rockabilly Legs Stein. Yep, that's my name. <laughs> We refuse to wear that one out. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. Whew. Okay. 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 Rockabilly legs. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? It's good that you're here. <laughs> Is it good? I. You know it's what? It's wonderful to be here. Time will tell. The views and downloads will tell. The views and downloads <laughs> will tell us if this bit is worth while. Oh, my. Now there's pressure. Yeah. Uh, we have just concluded one of your finest works. Uh, be careful what you wish for. Uh, yes, one of my favorites. Yes. And we were just kind of curious, you know, because we're here shooting the stuff. And while, while other co-host Danielle is busy being a bird. Yeah. Ironic. Um, can you please tell us what is this book about? I'm so glad you asked, because you see, this book is one of my first attempts to really get into the psyche of children. 
to really climb into their bodies and move around. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's this is okay. Where, wearing the skin of a child, like some wearing sort of suit. The skin of a child. You waited until book, what book is this? 12. Book 12? A full calendar year's <laughs> worth of goosebumps before you finally thought, I'm going to actually try to write this from the perspective of a child. You don't blow your load all at once, all at the beginning. That's true. I do I do it slowly over time, yes. over a 12-month period. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's horrible. <laughs> I feel I should censor it. Um, oh, no, not again. <laughs> so, okay, um, you're a bird. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so this is the first book from the perspective of a child yes. um, so, that, that is written specifically to embody that voice. Yes, I am, I'm very interested in how children, as they are growing and becoming, oh, say, approximately 12 years old, they start to have some agency in the world, you see. However, they remain quite stupid. They don't know how to handle this responsibility. So they want things to happen, but they don't think about the consequences because their brains are mush. They have not yet solidified into actual brains. So this is a parable. This is to teach middle schoolers that they should not pursue what they want because it's bad. What should they pursue in? It doesn't seem like quite the parable I should <laughs> take from this one. They should shut the fuck up. And go to bed. Do you hate children, Rockabilly yes. Lex? I think that's why Rockabilly Lex consistently puts children in dangerous situations. <laughs> that's why I wear their skins. Is it yes. cathartic for you? It's so good. <laughs> so God. <laughs> so you're saying that this this book is an examination of of uh, the newfound agency that a that uh, a middle schooler who is basically about to embark on that that big furry smelly pimply road of puberty that we all travel down uh, musky um, and at this point they they're just discovering that with this new body they have there yes. comes new responsibilities and new choices and those have more weight than yes. some of the more frivolous choices a child would have made yes, in a younger way they should learn from this book that they are not capable of foreseeing consequences yeah they're stupid. Despite the fact that they're so tall and they should be able she to see she should be able to see but she can't and thus you must be careful what you wish for. He gets it. I get it. Oh, man, it's I'm, right in the title. I'm an right, idiot. Yeah, why didn't I go? Why didn't I do 10 years of junior college instead of just eight? Well, those two would have made a difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rockabilly Legs, sure. we greatly appreciate your Insights. wonderful perspective yeah. on this beautiful novel. Always Be careful love. what you wish. The first from the vo from the from the mouth of Rockabilly Legs himself to the, our ears. The, the first book from the perspective of a child. <laughs> <laughs> the first book in this children's horror anthology that's actually trying to be about children. <laughs> Finally. Finally. Yes. The time right. has come. Well, well, Rockabilly Legs, I really appreciate you spending time with us, but I have called the police and they are towing your car right oh, now. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, real quick, before you go, or are escorted away by the police, how do we turn Danielle back from a bird into a person? That wasn't explained in the book. Because unfortunately, yeah, the book didn't get to that part. You have to focus. Okay. Okay. And you have to wish. Oh. But I have but this book. Oh. On a star. Oh. Oh. So Interesting. It's daytime. It's going to be kind of tough. So you've got to figure out how to find a star Okay. daytime. Well, then you well, focus. Wait, Arlstein, would you be considered a star? Oh, my boy. <laughs> Can we wish? Oh, dear 
lad. <laughs> Dear wonderful lad. Bless you, my son. Yes, I am. Okay. Well, could you please turn our co-host Danielle back from a bird, please? Well, since she's my favorite, okay. Snip, snip. No more bird. Thank you. Thank Farewell. You. Bye. <laughs> and... Oh, dang it. He only half turned Danielle back. She's more bird than man. Oh, I still got God. wings. Oh. I'm an angel, baby. <laughs> all birds are just angels. <laughs> all b- Listen, we all agree as a podcast. Listen, Geese Bumps the podcast would like to submit the idea that all birds are miracles. <laughs> <laughs> all birds are also surveillance devices by the government. Also angels. They're surveillance. Agents they're surveillance by devices by God. Exactly. Yeah. They're God spies. <laughs> you think that they're singing? They're not. That they way, do need batteries. Where's they stop watching me in the shower? They're singing like stool pigeons. You hear it, to me? God. To God. God's the greatest mafia boss ever. Yeah, he is. I think that's the greatest trick the devil. <laughs> well, that's enough blasphemy for this week. <laughs> no, there'll be more. We sneak a lot of that into our podcast about goosebumps. Well, Jeff did have his rapture theory. So uh, there's the rapture theory. Uh, who would like to start off with a passage? I'll go from the beginning. Okay. Now, um, and I chose the beginning for selfish reasons. Excellent. That's where I have most things highlighted. <laughs> That's how it goes with most goosebumps yeah. books. The later on you get, the less you seem to want to capture. It, yeah. it, 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 the beginnings are always because you get these introductions to characters which are like so wacky at yes. times and with so, so many weird details. So many weird details. And in those introductions, I don't know if R.L. Stein thinks ahead about what the character is supposed to be like in the book. Um, so the, the first part of the book is very much just like a snapshot of a day in the life for Samantha. So she's going to school. You're learning about her trials and tribulations. She is Job in some ways. Waiting for her whale. Waiting for her whale (laughs) of wishes. The wishing whale. (laughs) I don't know what you guys are talking about. Chapter, chapter one. It is like page three. It's pretty early, early days. Early days. And um, so this is this is uh, this is in class. Yes, this so is the, in this, class. This book opens with um, Samantha in class getting picked on by Judith as she tries to just be in school. It's it's the most um, grade school esque stuff where she's called to the board to do a problem. She's getting tripped by her bully. It sucks. She's feeling embarrassed. It really, really. They really hit Danielle hard. So, and so just, you know, she has a friend. There's only, every character only has one friend ever. And her friend in this book is Corey. Um, Hey. Hey, I know that name. Hey. Call back. I wonder if there's an Anna. So, and Corey is um, trying to make her feel better because Judith, her bully, um, says things like, why don't you fly away, bird? Which is the lamest. Yeah. So she thinks that Corey's just trying to make her feel better and doing a lousy job of it because there's always got to be some tension between friends. Anyway... I gathered all my papers together and shoved them back into my notebook. Sharon asked me if I was okay. In parentheses, Sharon is my math teacher. We call all the (laughs) teachers by their first names here at Montrose Middle School. What the fuck, dude? (laughs) What? Page three drops on us. One of the most (laughs) confounding buck wild (laughs) details one could possibly imagine. No follow up. No no follow up. No follow up as to why. No why. No no class reason. This fucking Montessori like (laughs) fucking magnet Montessori school. So yeah, okay. This is where we start. (laughs) This is the world we let's get it. All right, guys. Thinking caps on. All right. All we're, right. Gonna, we're about to embark on a literary adventure. Yes. They're in middle school. 
the middle school jungle. Yeah. And they and her friend Sharon asked if she's okay. Sharon. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. What if Sharon was the teacher? Mm, yeah. Oh, oh man, right. God, you just well, blew this thing wide okay, open. Okay, how are we going to distinguish from students and teachers then? There should be no distinguishing. We'll add one parenthetical. <laughs> All right, if you have to. And that's it. I don't feel like you owe anyone anything. Question, though. The principal. Do we call the principal by their first name as well? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Never. Principal's name no. is Douglas. What about the janitors? They don't have names. They no don't have names. names. They're, invis- they're the invisibles. They, they are invisible. <laughs> These are 12-year-olds. <laughs> hey, Sharon! These are 12-year-olds who, yes, who are being... What, what if you're, okay, so like the thing about the last names... They're being taught yeah. right now that it's okay for them. Hey, adults are their equals, That's which right. goes in line <laughs> with the original theory that Rockabilly Legs posted. Right. This is about children realizing their adult agency. However, yep. I will point out... That last names imply authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So imagine just randomly, Danielle just started strangling me. That's, just imagine it. That's yeah. not that. It's not that hard to imagine. Not that hard. <laughs> oh. We've all seen her vision board. Oh no, Danielle, you better let Joe go. It's Craig. <laughs> Craig, someone go get Craig. Get Craig, everybody. Because we need a we need an authority figure yes. here. Unless Sharon. Your teacher, the math teacher, is the only Sharon at this school. There are no students named Sharon. Then you potentially wouldn't run into any snafus regarding someone go get Sharon. You just say teacher Sharon or, or kids. No, because Sharon. we have to remain equals on this plane. There's no teachers. <laughs> there's no children. There okay. is one age. You're right. You're right. Just This is a Logan's Run <laughs> middle school. What about if Sharon? If you get too old, they banish you to the desert to return to the loam. Sharon one, two, and three? Mm. Mm. No, because that still implies hierarchy. Do you think their grades are drawings? <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, dang it. I got turtles in math again. A teacher t- draws how they think you did that year, and uh, if they're killing you with an I axe. got I got clown in history, but I got a B minus in spelling. Oh, yeah. man. I got, I got a pilgrim in home ec. My mom's going to kill me. <laughs> What did we talk about, Jeff? You guys know that this school has like, like they had a blackboard, but you know for sure, like their desks were in a circle, right? It's, but it's so weird because sure. nothing if else about nothing else about the way they describe the school makes it seem like a a new age type of school. Nope, otherwise, completely normal. Just this one detail, though. Yes. Of we call our teachers by their first name, for but no not the principal. Reason. They call the principal Mister Whatever. It serves no point in the plot. Yeah. There's absolutely no it, reason. It's just confusing because later on they're just like, Lisa? I'm like, who the fuck is Lisa? And Lisa's another teacher later on. Yeah. And they, there's like, there's three or four teachers they mention and I can't it's, But they're I, all our equals. That's right. My, my brain can't distinguish. The teachers aren't our guides. They're they are our comrades yes. in learning. They're our, our <laughs> brothers in arms. Yes. And that's why these children are so fucked up because they don't know the difference between kid and adult. They don't know the difference between kid and adult, up and down, hot and cold, uh, in and up, out, up and down, <laughs> wrong, right, black, white, Burger and King, fight, makeup, <laughs> Pepsi and Coke. 
Yeah. That's an awful existence. Pepsi or Coke? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> no restaurant on the planet Earth allows you to do that. <laughs> so so yeah, it's it's so it's such a weird detail at the very it's beginning so that actually has zero bearing on anything in the book. It doesn't matter that they all go by their first name. And honestly, it's 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 it makes you do a double take every time you read oh, the man. first name of a teacher because you're like because they don't, they don't call their mom and dad or other outside parents. They call them Mr. and Mrs. Well, they yeah. called a Judas Mon. They refer to as Mrs. Mrs. Bellwood. Bellwood. Once, or or, or Mrs. Bellywood once. Bellywood. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's a buck wild choice, but it definitely sets the tone that these are a bunch of pampered, spoiled Right. Rich I also want to say fly away. Snowflake bird. generation, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it with their, with their. Their schools. Schools and their, and their, their names. names. Yeah. <laughs> The lamest insult. Flyaway bird is terrible. That is not, that is the, you would get beaten up for saying that. So in, in addition to the scene where uh, Jeff brought up of, of the parents having the same name, uh, there's also, we get to see how Judith specifically picks on Samantha, mm -hmm. which is on page. Which right, it's the same page oh, actually. It starts right quick. Page two, where she says, uh, why don't you fly away bird? Cause Samantha's last name is bird. She's very lanky. Zing. She grows up to be sweet D. She grows up to be sweet Brienne D. Brienne of Tarth. Yes. She's very, yeah. Brienne yes. of Tarth teeth. Brienne of Tarth tea. Um, and yeah, the insult that uh, Judith throws um, sweet D's way is fly away, bird. Right. And because her last name is Bird. Oh, you cut me to the She's bird-like. Yeah. Oh, I'm wounded. They can't do the real insults that children would throw no, at each other. No, which would be... In this book, which would be slurs censored. and censored. Slurs <laughs> and censoring. Things that... Just not even, like, slurs. Just, like, hurtful. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to die alone. Exactly. Yeah. No, kids are way better at insults than Fly Away Bird. Have you ever been on, a, like, a gamer chat? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh. That's middle school. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, I'm just going to try my best at, at algebra here. Your parents pretend to love you. Oh, what's the equation for this? <laughs> right? What's How do it? I solve for love? Oh, I, oh I, I, I added four and two wrong. Oh, God. I no put, love for me. I put you know five. what that means? That means that when you grow up, the best job you're going to get is janitor. Yeah. Oh, I, bet, I bet I bet your, your feet are ugly. That's me trying to be a middle schooler. You can see the difference. Danielle drastic really quickly walked that back to being in I character. Mean, you could just. You could, Danielle's I mean, like these kids don't know insults. Your feet are ugly. That was an example. <laughs> that was that was the format we're going for. That's what my mom. All right, all right, okay, guys, guys, guys. All right, let's let's let's, let's work let's work on this. Let's yeah. work on this. Yeah. Let's insult someone's TikTok. How would you insult someone's <laughs> okay, TikTok? Okay, 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 okay. Let, I'll go first. Yeah. You call that a dance? <laughs> All right. Yeah. That actually is the length of a TikTok video itself. Yeah. <laughs> that insult. All right. Yeah. Now, now, Jeff, go ahead and insult someone's TikTok. <laughs> We're in our 30s, so this is yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, Have you even listened to WAP? Ugh. <laughs> you sing like my butthole. That was pretty, that was pretty good. That was pretty. Hey. Good job, squad. <laughs> yeah. We did it. Well, we, Someone we did. out there. Some hey, everyone who needs to make fun of other yeah. people's TikToks derisively like middle schoolers. Bring it. Bring, bring it in. You can. Hey. Yeah. High five, huh, guys? Yeah. You did it. Oh, we're getting good. <laughs> like when I was in middle school, I can remember being like, they'd make fun of your hair. One kid made fun of the way that I crossed my legs when I sat down. 
they made they made fun of how I walked because I have a pretty bouncy walk. Oh yeah, yeah you do yeah. a bouncy walk. You have a, you have I'll a fucking walk. kill you. <laughs> Oh shit, Todd's coming. <laughs> Watch out. <coughs> oh, I got called Forrest Gump a lot because I like to run. <laughs> wow. Run, Forrest, run. I remember you that. You get that a lot. Oh, yeah. God. If you, even if you are running, not like. If you, uh, if you are in middle school or know someone of that age, ask them the horrible shit that they have to yeah, do. Yeah, I'm curious what, what kids know. say to each other what, now. What are today's insults? Smarty bumps out there with young smarty bumps and growth. Here's, here's what you need to know. If your kid doesn't come home crying at least once, they're the villain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're the bully. Every child is at least the villain in some other child's life. Yes. That's just a fact. I don't think I was ever successfully a bully. Not for <laughs> lack of trying. <laughs> that was a lovely passage, Twitter, Thank you. Jeff. I, I have one more from the beginning. I know okay. we spent a chunky time on that one, oh, but yeah, I've yeah. got another. I know. I know. This is chapter two, but it's near the end of chapter two. So first chapter, we feel bad for Sam. Chapter two, things pop off. They're in home ec. It's, it's a later class, and the home ec teacher is Daphne. Just uh, FYI. Oh, don't forget the body shaming. That they happens. do body shaming. They do a, she has a bunch of chins, and they say, like, they... they she, so she's yeah, wide. She's fat. And she eats all the failed... Failed baking. Yeah, so she says she says they make she makes us bake stuff so that she can eat it, and then also she goes off to say like, and we don't make anything that wouldn't be good for anything other than dog food. Yeah, yeah so she doesn't. So it's like So he's, she's rude. a fat piece of shit. Everybody, yep, that that's what Arl's Stein. He does that honestly though. In every book he writes, he literally he he. There is a bit of. There's a body lot of body shaming. Every every book has some body shaming. It's a little bit. So anyways, they're working on they're working on making some um, tapioca pudding. Uh, Judith is walking over with her bowl of tapioca and spills some on Sam's brand new blue Doc Martens. Which respect, mad respect, respect. mad respect. Oops, she said. That's all. All Just, berries. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> Just oops. I looked down at my brand new shoes covered in gloppy yellow pudding. And that's when I lost it. I uttered an angry roar and went for Judith's throat. Yes. I just reached out both hands and grabbed Judith by the throat and began to strangle her. I mean, they were brand new shoes. <laughs> Judith started struggling and tried to scream. She pulled my hair and tried to scratch me, but I held onto her throat and roared some more like an angry tiger and Daphne had to pull us apart. She snaps, man. She goes wild. She goes wild. Like, not only she roars twice, she's like, ah! And then <laughs> she, she hulks out. She hulks out. Then she screams again like an angry That's tiger. That's the secret, Judith. I'm always <laughs> buck wild. She... I feel bad for, our, for my girl, Sam. Yeah. Me too. But at that particular moment, I was like, that went from zero to buck wild <laughs> pretty darn and, fast. And she's physically... Daunting to everybody. She's the biggest. She's the biggest person she, in her class. She, she doesn't have. She has coordination issues. Yeah, but she's not she lacking in power. Yes. No. So she literally tries to kill. <laughs> she tries to kill Judith, and in fact, if Daphne, her her homegirl Daphne, hadn't been there to break it up, Judith would be dead. There was one teacher away from this being a Fear Street entry. But that just, while well, reading that section, it reminded me that, like, at that age, that's when hormones start to kick in a little bit. Because I remember being a kid and I would get shoved around 
in the, in the middle school. And I remember one time I got shoved pretty bad and I got so mad. I turned into a lake monster. Oh, because of my hormones. So I, I get it, Jeff, like my, my hormones. Said, did you oh. attack? I did attack. <gasps> it was really easy. Cause as a lake monster, I had a super long neck and fins. Fuck yeah. And teeth, right? <laughs> and I, nom, yes. Nom, nom, nom. And I, and I, and I, I slammed into him and I sunk a boat. Yes. Drag <laughs> him then, down. And then I, and then I hid in, in Lake Tahoe. I'm Tessie. <laughs> lake Tahoe is actually very nice. I've scuba dived it. It's and they do pretty. have a, rumored cryptid and called they Tessie. absolutely have a Joe Tessie. So Danielle, what monster did you, what movie monster did you turn into while getting picked on? I turned into a rabbit and huddled in the corner hyperventilating. Yes. Fearsome. <laughs> Quite. I'm going to have it. I was. You're going to be on the, oh, you don't want to be on the business end of this. No, you attack. don't. I will fucking run away from you. I'll avoid your eye contact so hard. No. And that's why I have so much pent up rage. Cause it's like, I look back. You never got to explode. And I never got to go off on these assholes. And, and, you, ne- just, and you never, and I will. never will. <laughs> Daniel, you know what? Worse. When the schools open up again, Daniel, we'll take a field trip to the local elementary and I will say you can beat up one child. <laughs> <laughs> who's out. the biggest fucking bully in here? Because I have a thirty-year-old woman who's gonna fuck you right up. So yeah, that's 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 my that's my my section. I can do the middle, um, primarily because this is where the wish the wishing starts. Yes. Yeah, so after this opening part where we find out that uh, she's getting really picked on a lot. She encounters Clarissa and she's nice to Clarissa and Clarissa says, I'll grant you some wishes. So the middle part of this book is wish based monkey's paw shenanigans. She finds Clarissa who explains it all. Thank you. (laughs) God damn it. Thank you. That was my thought too. Like Clarissa. Yeah. Whenever I see, I've never met a Clarissa in real life. But when I do think of someone who would know a lot about growing up, Clarissa Clarissa. pops right to mind. She knows. That's a that's a generational thing. It is. So so uh, what what passage do you have for us, Daniel? Okay. Well, this is um, this is not a wish passage. This is slightly post first wish Mm -hmm. where she has wished that she was the strongest player on her basketball team. Yes. And now she's consumed with doubt as to whether or not she's responsible. Yeah. Or or whether this has taken effect at all. This is pre game. What chapter are we on or page? Do you know? Uh, Towards the beginning of chapter seven, they're sitting down, they're eating. Uh, Her brother, Ron makes a crack and thinks he's a riot which is R.L. Stein's favorite phrase. If you Google, the, if you look at the word riot in any of these PDFs, you'll find it 800 times. Yes, it is absolutely the thing that I've never heard anyone else in life say ever. Yeah. And mom is talking and it starts when she looked away. Uh, I fed pumpkin. There's a dog. He doesn't matter. He doesn't come up in any way. Every kid has a dog. Yeah. But there's a dog. And this is where I think we get to the psychological center of this book. Mm-hmm. Are there more meatballs? Dad asked. He knew there were. He just wanted mom to get up and get them for him, which she did. Can you imagine <laughs> the pent-up rage that must live in the mother and so, then probably picked up by the daughter? So by that... Generational okay, so, rage. So what I'm seeing and hearing then is in this Goosebump book, our, our hero, mm-hmm. uh, Samantha, yeah. 
is so she's just a boiling mass of yes. anger. She is getting everyone and everything. You know there's more meatballs. Fuck you, dad. She's been they're bullied by their dad. You see, this is meant to show us that there's a bully in the house or, and it's dad. Or it's meant to show us that Samantha might have a bit of a little a little self-care she needs to execute. <laughs> she's uh she's not being shown good emotional management. No, no. That would be like you go to the store and you're like, um, do you guys have any steaks? <laughs> and then and then the clerk's like, you knew we did. <laughs> How dare you? You just wanted me to go get them. You fuck. Get the fuck out of my straight room and run I'm at so him. busy with this sweeping broom. And I'm gonna about, I'm about to kill I'm you. I'm about right? to bop you yeah. with this sweeping yeah. broom. How dare you ask me to do my what? job? Yeah. You think I you think I work for you? you I don't fucking work for you. I, I, what does this say? This says Aldi. Yeah. And that means only one thing. I do work for Aldi's groceries. Exactly. Not None for of you. these people. So fucking, I can't. I gotta take a 10. I am so scared. Yeah, go walk it off. With buddy. You guys, with go you. to the break. Oh, room. Oh, go. So I'm gonna go to the punching freezer. There, yeah, and punch, I'm gonna punch, punch freezer. It's punch not it. a walk in freezer. It's There's hanging freezer. beef there for punching my yes. anger away, for having to help these customers who act like I got the time to know where the stakes are. You know how You're I got in the freezer where I'm punching. I'm sorry, did someone still call security? We got a we got an unruly customer asking about stakes. Yeah, get him out. Get him out. All right, man. Okay, no, get on the get on the floor. Get your taser! Get your taser! I can't believe you asked for steaks. You don't move. Come down! Come down! I said don't move. He asked for steaks. <laughs> Every night at the birdhouse. <laughs> so she's really going through it. She, look, what I'm what we're trying to get at here is uh, Samantha. She's got deeply rooted psychological. She's got some issues. issues. It starts at home, folks. It does. It starts at home. It does. Horror and starts in the home. Here's the question that I want to pose to both of you. Mm. If you were Judith and you wanted to be the strongest player on your basketball team, how would you phrase that wish? You mean if we're Sam? Yeah, because if we're Judith, I would just yes. be it because I'm Sam. fabulous. Okay. I meant Sam. So I'm we beautiful Sam. and I'm powerful. Yeah, fuck it. She's I'm a goddess. Well, I had one do, of those. Do you want to read the, the question that she asks? No, 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 phrase? no, no, no. Let's 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 go down this, this particular one? Okay. path. So if, how would I phrase the how question? How would you phrase it to, to get what you want and not get fucked? I would like to be really good at basketball. I, as wish granter, would then make you good at basketball only when you play by yourself or basketball video games. You were not specific. Mm. Jeff. I would like to be. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Jeff, okay, your turn. You're right. trying to solve this. How do I, so I have, to, I have to phrase my question in a way. This isn't totally good. related to the passage, but we're just going to have fun with this one for a second. Um... I would like to be as good. I would like to have um, as as I would like my my basketball playing skill level. I would like that to be on par with Michael Jordan, the professional NBA player. Oh, then Michael Jordan starts sucking ass, and then you're as good as God, God damn, damn it. it. Same thing. Damn it. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, she got me. Shit, shit, shit. Okay, um. Okay. I would like <laughs> to be pants on his head. at least I thought I had it. I would like to have physical <laughs> and mental strength and coordination of an Olympic athlete who plays live action basketball 
in the modern Olympics circa 1996. Oh, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, so... Fuck me over now. I will. So... (laughs) (laughs) So in order to achieve that, I send you back to 1996 and you can... Which is in the near future. (laughs) In the now times. I'm going to send you back to whenever you say and and then that person's going to suck. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, you got fucked over. Damn it, damn it. Really, you can't do, compa- it can't be a comparison. Cannot thing. be a comparison. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. It has to be its you, own. Your turn, your turn, your it's, turn. Okay, I, uh, it's fucking hard to <laughs> yeah. get wishes. I, I think based on the rules that this book sets forward as you far as how they tweak. Good, okay, wait. I wish that the game of basketball's rules were changed. Oh. Such that I am the best player at live action basketball. Okay. And uh, and then it's going to turn into uh, if everyone plays like you, it's going to be everyone just throwing balls up in the air. Ah, damn it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Now, now I'm just like the worst person at being bad. It's basically yeah. like you just turned basketball into Calvin ball. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> But yeah, no, there's really no winning in this scenario. No winning for wishes. There's no, there's no limits on crystal meth lady and how she can interpret your wish. Yeah. Like she's, she's so Sam really, we can't shit on Sam too much. She, well, I'm, I'm tasked with the grim work of the, this is chapter 16. In this portion of the book, Sam's first wish has gone through with uh, Clarissa having made the entire basketball team very weak and sickly. And it is at this point that Sam, disbelieving that the wish is totally responsible for this, decides to go visit Judith at her home, which is amazing that she knows where Judith lives, but whatever. So knows her phone number. Knows her phone number, yes. Well, probably for studying. Your villain. You you know your villains. Everyone knows where their villain lives. Yeah. Um, so she goes to go visit. She goes into her room and she goes, how are you feeling? And then Judith goes, what are you doing here? She asks coldly. Riding your bike in this cold, um, and then Judith and then Sam goes. I just wondered how you were, and then uh, Judith goes. Why don't you just fly away, bird? Sam goes, huh? And then comes the greatest couple of paragraphs in all of writing. Judith goes, you are a witch, aren't you? I couldn't believe what she was saying these things. You did cast a spell on us. I know it. And then Sam goes, Judith, please. And then Judith says. <laughs> we did a unit on witches in social studies last year. We studied <laughs> spells <laughs> and things. <laughs> if you connect that to the first names of teachers at this school, this that actually cool. adds up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't connect that. Like, like that's if the you're, because that, that was sense. that's the real thing, right? You're like. What fucking school would <laughs> let kids learn about wi- a school where all the teachers go by first name? Yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. It's just so buck wild <laughs> that what are the chances that this girl, Judith, would piece together that Sam had to be responsible for this malady that the basketball team had just by virtue... like. Because you didn't get sick, you did it. 
You know what I think? What do you think? I think that this is a reference, obviously, to the Salem Witch Trials, which those accusations... The Salem Witch Trials. The Salem Witch Trials, the accusations all came from, like, pre-adolescent girls. So this is another demonstration of why children are not good at things and it's, should not be allowed to have any kind of agency. That's true. Um, it's also proof positive, I think, that there's no logical reason for these characters to not like each other. They just do. Yeah. And this is one more instance of us going like, who's our hero here? Like, <laughs> yeah. Who am I supposed to feel for? bad for here? Who am I rooting for? Because on the one hand, I mean, yes... Sam did do this. Yes. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, I came to visit you. Right? That's, it's, that's kinda, okay, so it's kind of like when I would come over here to this place <laughs> and I open the door and I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? And you guys would say, witch! You're opening, witch! You're opening the witch! door too hard and breaking the window. Witch! It's and true, I'm though. just like, guys, what are you talking about? I just came to see how you're Burn the witch! Like, you're a witch! We're going to burn you! Last year, we did a unit on how you keep opening the door <laughs> too hard! Burn the witch! Burn the witch! I think it was this Here's the part that's wild, though. It's, it's not that the accusation that she is a witch. <laughs> it's the aren't you. Because that means that prior to this, Judith would have had to have had conversations where maybe Sam's a witch. Like, guys, seriously. This was the final nail in the coffin. No, no, but that's the thing, right? Like, (laughs) Sam's got to be a witch, right? And then then Judith's like, no. How could she possibly be so clumsy if she's not a witch? And it's kind of like the art you is almost like Judith is coming to that conclusion now in this moment of... I never believed it, but you are a witch, aren't you? She's been sitting on that. All these discussions we have on, I mean, yes, you're clumsy and bird-like, but I never would have thought you to be in league with Mr. Satan. So the other passage I would like to bring up, the first wish takes up a good chunk of this book, and then the other two wishes are very, very quick. Now, the third wish is the one that is sort of the wildest. The creepiest. I want everything to go back to normal, with the exception that Judith thinks I'm the greatest person in the world, which causes Judith to become completely obsessed with Sam. Which she tagged on. She didn't have to tag that last yeah. part on. She just said, I want things to go back to normal. And then it was like, then it was like dash, pause. So the whole day... Um, Judith is like worshipful, worshipful. simping. <laughs> I want everything back to normal, but I would like Judith to be a straight up simp for me. My simp. If they updated this <laughs> book again, R.L. Stein would sneak in that. I live streamed and Judith was the only one in chat. <laughs> You're so great. That was a great shot. Here's some bits. Oh, you oh. respond. It's good. You respond. You're um, fine. So, Love you. So the whole day that's that's happening. Sam goes home. She has dinner. She goes to bed. And then while she's in her room, um, end of chapter 24 and beginning of chapter 25. So it goes... Um, Close to the end. For a while, I lay staring up at the ceiling, watching the shadows of the tree outside my window wave back and forth. <laughs> then I heard the floorboards creak. Opening my eyes wide, I saw a black shadow move against the darkness in my closet. I uttered a choke cry as I realized that someone was in my room. Before I could move, a hot, dry hand grabbed me by the arm. That's hot. That's hot. Judith, what are you doing here? This is page 114. I managed to cry, finding my voice. Judith says, your back door was unlocked. I hid in the closet to wait for you. I guess I fell asleep for a while. But why? (laughs) I demanded angrily. I pulled myself up, lowered my feet to the floor. What do you want? And her smile faded and her mouth 
formed a pout. You said we could study together. <laughs> she said in a little girl voice. So I waited for you, Sam. This is this would be so triggering for so many people. Me especially. Yeah. I hate baby voice. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, this was the last straw. Get out! I cried. But why? You said we'd study our algebra. I did not. Anyway, it's too late. You have to go home. Your parents must be going nuts about you. Then she shook her hand. She's like, I snuck out. But that's so great that you worry about my parents. You're so considerate. <laughs> so this made me uncomfortable this reading this whole so, part. Here's the great this thing. This made me so nervous. Yeah. Yes. This is so fucked up. This is the scariest part of the book. Yeah. Something about this is so unnerving. Yeah. I think part of what it is is that it's the perfect inverse of what Sam had been doing to Judith before. There's like, like Judith puts her hand over uh, Sam's mouth in bed. Sam thinks she's choking. Yeah. And then, oh, that's true. Yeah, it is actually like literally the, the polar opposite. And then there's like the obsessive like following and stalking and like f- not fawning over, but like focus constant attention, constant attention. Yeah. And then there's the uh, there's the fact that she she starts sneaking around. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of a nice reversal. So Sam now gets a taste of her own medicine. Now she has all the power dynamic of all this attention. Yeah, and she can see how awful it is when people obsess over you. <laughs> and that's Which is true. That is one thing about Sam that we know is she's very obsessed oh, with Judith is, and getting yeah. back at Judith. There, there's something so horrifically nightmarish. Yes. If you've had anybody like that in your life, this was a really hard mm-hmm. passage yeah, to well, read. Yeah. If 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 there's, I'm sure there's smarty bumps out there who are who are been in relationships that are less than cool. Yeah. It's very very much a fact because as we grow older, the real horror stories end up being our day to day life. <laughs> the, this part definitely clues you in. Like this is not healthy. You do not want no. this. This is where the real scares are. It does seem vaguely homophobic that this whole scene is like the scariest part is a girl who really likes you comes out of the closet in your presence. Yeah, that's very particular. Very specific. And, and act, that also kind of guy like, I don't like that. Well, and weirdly, when we were talking about it last night, because in the book earlier, they say all the kids were like snickering and laughing at what them happened yeah, during the day. Very. And in my head, I'm like, in real life, they'd be like yelling homophobic slurs at the two girls. That's very much what would have happened here. As a kid, maybe you'd clock that. As an adult, I'm like, this is super fucked up. Like, everything about this situation makes me uncomfortable and feel gross. I don't know that that scene would be chill today. No. No. Um, it wasn't chill. It's, it's not, not even in. chill. Like, in, in that sense, like, it's super creepy and made me feel super bad. Yeah. In, in Outside the book, I kept thinking, what's the rest of your life going to be like? Oh, my God. I thought that, too. I was I like, what? I was like, do you? I was so worried. Do you have to get married? She do you have to? Kill ki- you. I was like, or, or Sam kills Judith. One of you is going to kill each the what? Some, and I, someone's going to kill. I think, and I think that that, to me, is, well, we know how the book ends. Yeah. With, uh, basically, after that, Clarissa explains it all. <laughs> gives gives uh, gives Sam a wish to get out of that. Because a again. pity wow. wish. Yeah. Oh. A pity wish um, to get out of this. And really, was R.L. Stein to get out of this horrifically yeah. nightmarish situation he set himself up with. And Sam, be careful what you wish. Sam for. learns nothing. Learns nothing. Those are the passages that we got. 
I think now, though, because this book had a lot in it, and that's why we save those sections for a little part of our adventure that we like to call Can We Talk About It? Um, Twitter, Jeff. Yeah. Can we talk about how Sam ignored all early red flags about wish making when the crystal lady's eyes literally glowed red when asking Samantha to make a wish? Can we talk about how there is no way to say fly away bird in an actually hurtful way? Can we talk about how she has the thought to rob the grocery store, <laughs> but that does that would imply like there's someone to stop her from doing so. Mm. So it's just like going to the store. Can we talk about how it took her all morning of her parents and brother missing, no students outside the school, no one in the hallways for her to, to come to the realization that she was literally alone in the world. Can we talk about the fact that her brother Ron is good at basketball for no particular reason? He Can we talk about how Ron is also uh, described as being a nerd, but also just good at basketball again for some reason? Which is it, Ron? Can we talk about the sheer number of important balls? in this story. <laughs> the dad, the meat mom balls, makes meatballs. The dad wants balls. balls. There's basketball. crystal balls. There's basketballs. I'm just saying this is balls There's galore. There's a lot of oh. balls in this. There's one. a lot of important balls. Can we talk about how Samantha is the worst player on the basketball team and doesn't quit the basketball team despite the fact that she also does not enjoy being on the basketball team. No, is it? Can we talk about the fact that the entire reason she's on the basketball team is the PE teacher thought she was tall? And the PE teacher is only teaching basketball for money? <laughs> Can we talk about how this school and its new age thinking is just putting any student on this basketball team without practice or tryouts simply because of their physical stature. That seems against the teachings of Montrose Elementary. It is. Can we talk about the fact that Corey's whole purpose in this story was to be at lunch? <laughs> <laughs> and that all he did was like eat her food and trade food? Can we talk about the fact that he snubbed his grilled cheese sandwich? He was a fucking snot about having a grilled cheese sandwich every day that his dad made. And as Jeff brought up, if you don't like the grilled cheese sandwich, why don't you fucking make your own lunch? Why don't you just grab a fucking cupcake? I don't know. It's not that hard. And first of all, second of all, third of all, I don't know where I am. Old grilled cheese, still good grilled cheese. Yeah. I would eat it. <laughs> Can we talk about how everyone in this book is malnourished? <laughs> Nobody eats anything. She doesn't eat lunch at any of her lunches. Her lunch is either snagged away and it's just chips. He never eats his grilled cheese, yet she's an athlete on a basketball team. Maybe you're not so good because you're, you're, you, you, you didn't eat anything for lunch today, Sam. Can we talk about that when uh, Judith is fully obsessed with Sam, she trades her a slice of pizza for a tuna sandwich that has half the tuna falling out? <laughs> and that was like the closest to body horror I've ever experienced in one of these books. Can we talk about how one of the misdirect endings of a chapter <laughs> is Samantha mistaking her dog pumpkin for her brother who she just a moment ago angrily yelled out wishing that he was a foot tall. Only to find it's her dog. It was a dog. Can we talk about how that was the entire reason they decided to give her a dog? <laughs> Just for that one terrible Just for that goof. 
Can we talk about how no one owns a cat in any of these books? Can we talk about how R.L. Stein hates cats? Can we talk about how cats are witches? <laughs> Can we talk about how Judas' friend is known specifically for putting on too much lipstick? <laughs> Dude, seriously. It's so real. Page though. 103, Judith, what's your problem? Anna asked, applying the 20th layer of bright orange lipstick to her lips and chin. But can we talk about how when I was in junior high, the girls, they just put on layers and layers and layers of mascara. That was the cool thing. So that they had tarantula eyes. And I never, it never made sense to me. And it was awful, but they did it. And everyone thought it was great. Can we talk about how unprofessional the nurse at the school is for breaking HIPAA and divulging? Oh my God, thank you. I wrote that down. And divulging. I wrote that down like she broke HIPAA. The divulging the medical information for other students to another what? student. Wait, wait, wait. What year was HIPAA? HIPAA would have been for three years. So actually she broke HIPAA now. But oh. at the time she didn't break it yet. <gasps> okay, I'm the sorry. The 90s, dude. I t- can we talk about how bad privacy guidelines were in the 90s regarding your medical information. Yeah, pretty fucking bad. Real bad. Can we talk about how the day after all the girls are sick that Sam goes to basketball practice, which is canceled, and her mom comes to pick her up unbeknownst to Sam, who apparently forgot she was potentially going to get braces that day, which if basketball hadn't been canceled... Mom would have shown up and she would have missed her dentist appointment. That's right. And it was purely. I totally forgot about the brace subplot. It was purely a thing to stop her from finding the crystal meth woman that day. Can we talk about the fact that she was like, I don't think I need braces. And then the mom was like, well, we'll just get you a retainer. Like your, your grill is fucked girl. Like it was a foregone conclusion that her grill was fucked. Yes. And also, uh, can we just talk about the fact that Judith, uh, I lost my train of thought. Agrees to get braces too. Yes. (laughs) Throws herself to the orthodontist. And also on the braces talk, can we talk about how apparently she found out after appointment that she would only be wearing braces for six months? What the heck kind of braces are those? What kind of braces do you only wear for six months? You wear for like two to three years, like minimum. I had like five years of braces, man. And my teeth are still fucked up because I didn't wear my retainer. Wow. Oh, we've learned our lesson. Can we talk about that? There is one sport for some reason, inexplicably, Sam is good at ping pong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they play in the basement that has a ceiling, which is so low that the ball will occasionally hit it, which means that they're playing on a table that is nearly touching the ceiling. So really, it's not a basement. It's just a hole in the backyard that they climb into. To play ping pong. To play ping pong. It's the ping pong hole. It's the ping pong. Thank you for joining us for Can We Talk About It, the part of the show where we go over all of the buckwild bullshit that was in this book that we couldn't explain. And I challenge anyone out there to make a wish that is foolproof. Yes, Marty Bumps. Uh, Leave a a comment as to what your wish would be. And how Um, you would not... Exactly how you would word it with the question of how do you get good at basketball? Yeah. (laughs) And also, if you can't leave a comment where you're listening, um, email us. Yeah. Or geesebumpspod. Geesebumpspod at gmail.com. Have we come as far as we can? I think we've really actually like cracked this book pretty wide open like i did have further analysis about what the symbolism each wish was but our each wish was we'll save that for bonus sure or a a real goosebumps podcast (laughs) bonus content a whole other podcast oh (laughs) 
So I was going to ask you guys that if people give us a five-star review, that RL will shout them out. Like, If you would like one of our renditions of RL Stein and not the man himself, please don't bother him. I would really hate for him to, because, like, I mean, the truth of the matter is we really love reading Goosebumps and talking about it, and I would really hate it for him to find our podcast because you bothered him too much, and then now we can't do it anymore. Just like what happened with William Shatner in Red Letter Media. Yeah, just like what happened with that. Because <laughs> here's, we love, we love Goosebumps, we love R.L. Stein. I wouldn't, just, I, I'm not wasting my time reading these. I no, do find enjoy great them. enjoyment reading these books again. We just like to give shit. Yeah. In a, in a loving but if you would like our renditions of R.L. Stein to shout shout you out, uh, just uh, leave a comment and give a five star review on uh, iTunes or whatever podcatcher. If we see it, we'll do our best. Or and if the name you use is something we cannot say on air, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Please, but we will appreciate the support regardless. Yes. The next episode of our show is going to be coming out on October thirteenth, the spookiest day of the year, and we're going to be reading Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. Goosebumps 34. Hit us up on Instagram where Geesebumps underscore pod. Hit us up on Twitter, Geesebumps underscore pod. And uh, tell your friends. Uh, thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off the album Hit and Run. Great song, great band, great album. Check them out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Are we going to read the last passage of the I book? do think somebody, possibly I'm- a bird person. Yeah. Should read the final passage. <laughs> the, the Rockabilly Legs' finest novel, Be Careful What You Wish For. You may have to go up a bit to give context to the final bit. This is after uh, this is after the the end of our story where Samantha has wished f- ha- for Clarissa to have never met her and instead wished for Clarissa to have met Judith thinking that Judith will then be as much of a dipshit as she was. The, ult- the in her mind, ultimate revenge. As she says. Never yes. learned a thing. And so, Danielle, okay. if you could please read for us the final passage. Chuckling to myself, I strained to hear what they were saying. I was dying to know what Judith would wish for. I'm pretty sure I heard Judith say, bird, why don't you fly away? But that didn't make any sense. I was so happy, so deliriously happy. I was free, totally free. I suddenly felt so different, lighter, happier. Let Judith have her wishes, I thought gleefully. Let her see what it's like. Tilting my head, I saw a juicy brown earthworm poke its head up from the ground. All of a sudden, I was feeling pretty hungry. I jabbed my head forward and caught the end of the worm. Then I ate it. Very tasty. I fluttered my wings, testing the wind. Then I took off, flying low over the woods. The cool breeze felt so refreshing against my feathers. As I fluttered my wings harder, swooping higher into the sky, I glanced down and saw Judith. She was standing beside Clarissa. Judith stared up at me from the ground, and I guess she got her first wish because she had the biggest smile on her asshole face. That is a lot. She got turned into a bird, she y'all. She became a bird. <laughs> and she's happier for it. Yeah, no, she's happier pretty, as a bird. She's pretty chill. She's free as a bird. Free as, as a bird. Say. Yep. I'm JoJo. Uh, I have a PhD in English. I'm Danielle. I have a PhD in English. I'm Jeff, and I'm afraid of 12 year olds. This has been Geesebumps. Did you mean Goosebumps podcast? And until next time, stay out of the basement. Yeah,